everyone and welcome to the second Ishan Shastri podcast. My name is Cameron and I'm joined once again, the Prince of Jaipur, Mr. Ash Shastri. How are you, Ash? How was your holiday season? Uh, how are you doing, mate? Uh, wishing you a very happy new year. Thank you very much. And to you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, my holiday season was rather nice. I had a rather busy schedule around that time as we do not have uh, many holidays here. But yeah, it was nice watching a lot of cricket, seeing a lot of new things developing. Yeah, uh, absolutely, okay. which we will get into. Um, I think that quickly we should mention if people can pick up from uh, in the background of Ash's recording today there it sounds like a very large exciting party going on i don't know if people can pick that up ash explain to us what is going on in your living room well in my in my living room here we have uh, some sort of uh, a rave party going on outdoors somewhere the fun part is that it's not even about uh, about a kilometer from my place that place is a bit far but still uh, people decided to celebrate something around this time and uh, this is how it sounds like if you are able to pick it up uh, often these things uh, last a couple of days and they run through the night wow. so if you are to hear something like something like that as we move, move along then you know what that would be yeah uh, it sounds great uh, mm -hmm. I wish I was there rather than uh, cold cold England right now um Wanted to say thank you to everyone for the kind messages and support with the first episode. It went really well. Uh, we're really, really happy with it. Um, on If people have noticed on Instagram, you would have seen quite a lot of video clips that Ash has put up of Ish. Uh, some marvellous ones, may I say. Some of the shots he can uh, produce was just lovely. I didn't realise he had such a repertoire. Um, I had a, But I have a question of my own to you, Mr Shastri. Yeah, mate. about Ish's technique I didn't realise how much he crouched over the bat in his stance and the bat didn't get a foot off the ground but the power he seemed to uh, create from that stance I found really really surprising for me whenever in, and facing the quick bowlers as well because for, for me anyway when facing someone of uh, getting quicker and quicker my bat actually gets more like Johnny Bairstow right yeah. up near my head uh, whereas Ish has never left really the floor and I, I didn't really understand that well that was uh surprising to see surprising to see to say the least because mm. uh, the way he batted he seemed to have uh, a technique which uh, did not give you a look or a feel as to like how destructive he can be with it with the, with the gameplay he had yeah uh he like you saw how i bat and i'm very like upright and straight and I don't bother bending at all no. I'm mostly kind of straight upright not trying anything in his case though he crouched quite low he was low but with that I think he got a lot of time to balance himself and the mm. bat sort of worked uh, as a third leg for him to be able to balance himself and to be able to yes. to be in a position when the ball is released you see, in even in, in those videos, when the ball is released, he's in a pretty good position. And because of a low back lift, the, the finish he had in his batting was uh, quite nice. 
and yeah, through I'm that, surprised his head doesn't fall over. Yeah, because with me, every time I play something on the offside, my head uh, did uh, fall over every single time. Yeah, yeah, I I, I loved it, so, and the power he was able to get was uh, remarkable. Some some lovely clips there, and, and obviously, please go have a look at them if you're listening. So uh, I'll tell you something about uh, one of the innings he played. I yeah. think it was against a side that was quite familiar with the way he bats. He had right. possibly the the finest flick shots I've ever seen in my life. So uh, they started off the innings by keeping a deep square and uh, a short fine. Right. And uh, there was a left-arm guy bowling, uh, swinging it right uh, into him. So in the first tour of the innings itself, he flicked one through backward square for four. So they decided to keep moving the two fielders around and uh, have it like as, as a backward square leg, deep square, deep forward square, deep backward square. They tried uh, all the combinations and he uh, ended up bisecting them every single time and he hit five fours in that over. And uh, we had a fun game around uh, somewhere in uh, 2014, I think, where... We were in the opposing side and uh, we both uh, ended up getting our hundreds in that one. Oh, nice. Although I got the bigger score and uh, he ended up being on the losing side. But then uh, the innings he played of, uh, yeah. of 109 happens to be one of the finest I've ever seen. Like most of the sixes he hit, I had uh, some men placed at uh, long on, deep mid-wicket, long off and all these standard... Uh, Protective areas, and none of them had any chance at all of catching any one of those, any one of his sixes. And I think he hit about uh, at uh, about uh, eight of those. Yeah, I did hit but him for is, five, though. But yeah, I was going to say it's very important to mention that you you got the highest score and were on the winning side. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's that is very important, absolutely. Um, and I was wondering who that left arm seamer swinging it into his pads where he clipped off those five boundaries was that a certain Anshuman Shastri? That uh, I thought would have been your obvious guess, but no, it wasn't me. I was I was padded up, uh, still slated to come in at three, so it wasn't me. It wasn't you? You you aren't the, to blame. Um, but yeah, no people, please keep sending in your memories of Ish. Um, any clips, any pictures, we we'd love to see and uh, and hear from you all. Um, and uh, I would uh, love to request uh, Ish's friends, uh, Deepak, Abhishek, Himanshu, or and. Uh, whoever else may be listening to this podcast, you please uh, send in your, uh, in your uh, m memories. Whether they are in English or Hindi, it does not matter. Mm. You please we'll, uh, we'll share them on the show. Yes, you please share them and then we are going to share those memories across. Uh, absolutely. Um, shall we crack on this episode, uh, starting with, because like you said, there's been a lot of cricket since we last spoke. Um the I believe the start we didn't speak uh before the start of the India South Africa series, which has now had two test matches completed. The first one um being a historic victory for India, which seemed quite a simple one. Um at the Wanderers, was it? Or was this a recent one at yeah. the Wanderers? The recent one was at uh, Wanderers. I think that was at Centurion. Centurion, right. Uh and now uh, just yesterday, and the one I really want to talk about was the victory for South Africa. Uh, some, even myself, I was surprised to see South Africa come back into the series, especially after de Kock's, uh really surprise announcement of his 
sudden retirement from the game, or from tests at least, uh, to see South Africa rally in such a commanding way. Uh, I thought that their second innings was tremendous. Talk me through it uh, from, uh, from an Indian perspective. Well, uh, I'll start with Dickock. I think uh, uh, Cricket South Africa had him on his knees since uh, he refused to take the knee and take that stand. Yeah, quite literally, yes. Quite literally. So I think uh, even though uh, they were all doing the peace out signs and all, all, uh, all is well and everything was nice, everything wasn't rather wasn't really okay in that uh, in that group. And I think. Uh, uh, this uh, announcement of him, announcement of his, had uh, sort of some some sort of an inevit- inevitability about it. Yeah. Because I thought that he was either gonna like not play for South Africa anymore, or he was gonna do an ABD or something. Having said that, though, uh, great comeback from South Af- uh, South Africa from a mm. side which uh, lacks experience, which uh, does not have. Uh, batters who can match India, even when they are field, they are playing uh, Pujara and Rahane. I was waiting for a comment yeah. on Pujara and Rahane. Pujara even and Rahane. their second innings 50s. <laughs> um, I, 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 I'll, I'll get back to that. Okay. But then, but then uh, I think uh, India started the game in a very shaky manner with Kohli pulling, pulling out at the last moment and uh, Mm-hmm. Of all yeah. people, the most uh, inexperienced leader in KL Rahul being the captain. And I think his inexperience uh, in this format showed throughout. Can you explain to me why Rahane wasn't made uh, the standard captain for the game? I think they uh, took the vice captaincy from him because of uh, the obvious reasons of him being an absolute uh, shit show with the bat. So right. that uh, I think was the reason why uh, they had to make a call like that. However, there was a certain Shardul Thakur who had uh, some weird ideas about uh, what uh, being a batting, bowling, fielding all-rounder should actually look like. Incredible. <laughs> Unbelievable scene. Well, he's the only guy I've ever seen who can make the ball shape away from you while bowling cross-seam. I... I I don't know how he does it. I know it's a completely different format of the game, but following him for years as a Chennai fan, um, I've been left pulling my hair out at times uh, watching Shadow Takor. And some of the stuff, the skills he's pulling off, not just with the ball, which obviously was remarkable, but with the bat, he did it over here in England as well. That yep, counter-attacking yep. punch he seems to have uh, down at number eight. He seems perfect for that position. I, I, for one, when I saw him come in part of that third tier side in Australia last year, really mm-hmm. did think that was going to be his one and only performance. He did really, really well. But every single time he's been called upon by India, he seems to produce the goods, to be fair. Yep, he does. And I think uh, uh, where he is today, he has reached there with a lot of uh, hard work. And the people have been rather harsh on him for being uh, who he is, basically. Like, he... Just a simple common man who just wants to play his cricket and wants to contribute to the side. Yeah. I'm rather, rather happy for him that he's getting his uh, fair share of rewards. And I think with the, him, Ashwin and Jadeja, India's uh, red ball all-rounder arsenal is kind of like complete now. 
Oh, absolutely. So, just because of his heroics, uh, India stayed in game for that long. Mm-hmm. And uh, then came the second innings when uh, they set uh, they set a target of 240 for South Africa to chase down. Did you think and that was enough at the time? Uh no. Never no. because uh, because you all you need uh, in chasing 240 is just one uh, session to go your way. You get uh, 80 100 odd runs and then I think you are you are far ahead in comparison. Mm-hmm. Having said that, India bowled poorly and uh, even their behavior on the field was not uh, the nicest either. Yeah, it was uh, interesting to see. Mohammad mm-hmm. Siraj at the at the forefront of that. I know just. Yeah. Well, uh, it had uh, the Vonobi Kohli feel about it. So Yeah. Him but, watching uh, on. Then watching on, but nothing to back it up, so that was the sad part. I I think you were, you're dead right about the the chase because I think people were forgetting that even though it was the fourth innings, it was actually started what halfway through the third day um they it wasn't like it was uh, a day 5 chasing 240 um and if anything if you look at the scores they were just getting higher the pitch was was arguably getting better for batting um getting better yep but i really really want to talk about the two men who finished not out for south africa but specifically their captain dean elgar dean elgar um, what a fighter i am in love with this man perhaps it's because i've been longing to see a test opener of such grit and determination for many a year as an england fan um but i think as a, a leader that innings which he just produced uh he didn't look like getting out didn't look like there would be any other result while he was at the crease south africa were going to win um because if you look at their side i know they've just won and won handsomely that is quite an inexperienced poor side the bowling perhaps not but you've got verain at 6 untested looked a bit raw in the first innings and then marco jansen at 7 obviously talented but his only other first class game batting at 7 i believe he got a pair um so that is a, a long old tale for india to have potentially got their uh, mitts into but i i think that with dean elgar at the front and little temba i think he's coming of age at the test match level I really do. I uh, I think that there was an argument at one point that he should be batting ahead of Rassi. Um but I think he and he loves and he loves a bit of a fight in that last uh, innings. I I like Temba getting up and aggressive against the Indian bowlers. And was it did he hook uh Siraj or or someone He hooked, he hooked Siraj. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I loved that. that was a great moment. Um, I think I yeah. think uh, let's not uh, take it away from uh, Dean Elgar. Oh no. Because I think I think that's uh, his moment in the spotlight and uh, what he did and how well he did that mm. he deserves all the praise because uh, let's face it like having seen the likes of uh, Matthew Hayden and Justin Langer Graham Smith Wayne Sewag Lester Cook and uh, those kind of batters i think we fail to understand how difficult a task it is to open an innings in test cricket sure. and we have the we kind of take it for granted as to how different teams can perform and how one can be successful in uh, conditions when you are getting beaten up every single ball when uh, you do not have a technique that looks quite uh, as reassuring as the as the legends of the game 
Yeah. You you tend to play and miss quite a lot. You get uh, hit on your ribs, you get uh, hit on your head, your thigh, you edge one through the slips for four. Then you have a jaw root moment and then your nuts are dislodged and uh, the pain just uh, lingers on for hours and hours at times. Yeah. And those of us uh, unfortunate cricketers who have witnessed that, uh, every single one of us would vouch that uh, of all the injuries that is one which none of us would want uh, to ever feel ever again mhm totally agreed so he fought it out he was lucky he got hit but then he just uh, didn't throw it away no he called it the first time well yes he's but he's known uh, for that he's known for that and i love these kind of cricketers who just uh, show their heart who just uh, give everything they have and they just uh, do not like uh, they do not like to just back down or bow down to anybody like i'll uh, give you a few other examples uh neil wagner i think the mm. the skill set he has is i think uh, unique to him and nobody in the world can actually match that kind of a, a skill set which he possesses and there was yeah. a, spe- a spell which he bowled to matthew wade and he just uh, kept on wearing all the blows on his body yes yeah hmm. but Ma- uh, but wagner i think is a like you say completely unique because he he doesn't bowl express pace as you would imagine these enforcer types your mitch johnsons the ones that knock people's heads yep. off wagner doesn't do that but what's equally interesting i find is his run rate it's always yeah. pretty low he keeps pretty low yeah uh, the, he keeps it under control even while doing the the dirty job as it were and i think that is his great skill that he, he can dry it up while creating pressure uh the, or the inevitable pressure of the ball coming at your head for five out of yeah. six deliveries um, yeah. oh yeah no uh wagner's a like a, a really unique talent unique talent an absolute fighter who just uh, does not give up yeah yep shiv chandrapal was a similar kind of a guy yeah uh, well this can be very comparable uh you you put uh Graham Smith into that into that kind of Graham, uh, Graham Smith yeah yeah um don't get much more comparable than South African left arm capt uh, left-handed batsman captains um but yeah. I saw a lot of that in in that innings just that you know over my dead body type stuff and it, I I from yeah. one did didn't see him getting out at all that that could have been another hundred runs needed and Dean Elgar would have been there at the end um, right at the end I the only this, tragedy this th- yeah is how do we feel about Temba Bahuma going for that big shot 10 needed or whatever and 10 a uh, 10 needed and I believe um, Elgar on 91 or something like that and Temba goes for a big it actually smashes Vihari on the on the finger at short leg and i thought if that was you and i whoever was in the other position i'd hope with the game somewhat wrapped up we do the the gentlemanly thing and i'm blocking out for you mr shastri i'm letting you have a chance of getting your ton i'm doing it i'm i'm hoping your answer would be the same because i i'd do that for you i think uh, keeping uh, yourself and me out of this discussion i think uh, Elga would have preferred to just uh, get South Africa over the line. He would have well, taken a he did, didn't he? He, he would have he taken gave, got he, the ones. 
he would have taken the 96 over let's say 110 or something any day as long as he was there right till the very end and taken South Africa home. Well, that's a very mature answer. The boring one, I wanted him to go for glory. I wanted him to charge Ashwin and try and put him over his head. That's what I wanted. I was very disappointed. But that was the only thing I was disappointed with with that innings. I think uh, that 96 of his was quite similar to that uh, 154 Graham Smith got uh, in a test match against England in England. I think that was 2008 or 9 when... uh, South Africa needed to chase about 280-odd in the in the final innings. And uh, everyone else sort of had a bad day. But then Smith just uh, stuck in and he he eventually took them home. So I, it could I have been Elgar's that innings, yeah. And yeah. Uh, uh, sorry I'm taking you back. But uh, since we uh, mentioned Wagner and uh, how important he was to New Zealand's success... Mm-hmm. And uh, what uh, scenes have you witnessed in the test uh, back in New Zealand? Like unbelievable! It is. It came as a shock to me as to see a team which uh, literally never wins outside ended up beating a team which uh, does not let World anyone win in their backyards. Yeah, World Test champions and I, uh, almost a full strength side as well. Yeah, besides Williamson, uh, that would be the side that you'd expect New Zealand to to put out. For me, I know there was a lot of talk, and it w- was incredible. Was it Ida Tot? I, I can't remember the, exactly the, the bowl of uh, Bangladesh in the, the Iba- second innings. Uh, Ibadat Hussein. Yes, exactly. But it was that first or first innings of Bangladesh's with the bat, with the bat that yeah. I was so shocked to see. The way they went about their task, that top order... I've not seen from a Bangladesh side. And remember, this is a top uh, a top order that does not include Mamadullah, Shaki Balasan. These are all new young players. I know Mominal has been around a while. Um, but I, I'm i glad I didn't watch it live, I've got to say, because it looked quite, you know, almost turgid stuff. I think, is it there, the opener joy, like 70 off 200 balls or whatever. And, uh, but the platform they set, that Shanto looks good at three, um, all the way to Mominal, like kind of, Really, almost Elgar-esque, uh, gritting out uh, an 80-odd. Litton Dars looked really good at six. Um, and even the runs like Media San getting at seven, eight. Uh, all of this combined to not just a lead, but a really imposing one uh, over New Zealand. Because New Zealand came out and batted half decently in their second innings before, um, before uh, you're going to have to say the name for me again. Ibadat Ibadat Hussein. The one got to his work, but Young had a good test match, uh, opening the batting for New Zealand. Um, I thought Taylor did well in the second innings, but I, I, for me, I was completely bamboozled what I was watching from that Bangladesh first innings. I'll, I'll uh, start off with a fun fact about this series. Like uh, how I I got to know about this series was uh, when. Uh, Bangladesh announced a spin bowling consultant for this particular tour in which New Zealand didn't even pick a spinner in their squad. Ajaz Patel. Ajaz Patel took a 10 for and then got dropped from the side. Incredible. Yeah. That's something England uh, would do. That's something England does all the time. I think speaking of them, uh, I feel extremely sad and sorry 
to see your ashes hopes crashed no oh we'll get there don't not, worry we will not, get there not not all right uh, well, i spent two weeks crying over it big scotty ball and built him a statue oh. at the g oh yeah beautiful yep oh come on tell me about bangladesh tell me about bangladesh well uh i feel rather uh, happy that they are now like actually coming of age that mm. they've had they've always had a few good players and uh, had they shown some application they could have achieved a lot more i think there is a lot of promise in the in that squad which uh, remains largely un- unfulfilled so yeah. i'm happy that they are they're coming off and they are sort of uh, having a bunch of players who want to play test cricket and mm-hmm. who who want to do well so i'm quite yeah. looking forward to how the second test uh, goes because if they can pull off something really nice then uh, that would be good for cricket in whole it would do i i i'll be shocked i know it sounds bad when they just had an quite a commanding victory there uh, i would be shocked if uh, new zealand don't come back at them hard i don't know what's happening with kane williams and his fitness or whatever why he wasn't in in the team um i don't know if he should be back for the second test but that would be good to see williamson back one of the best batsmen i I, i guess he may not but uh, i think the problem that new zealand is going to face now is that they are uh, going to miss a character like uh, Brandon McCullum mm. a personality like him uh, in the side because although Williamson is a great player and uh, a decent leader but then he's nowhere near when it comes to matching uh, M- McCullum's energy yeah but What, McCullum uh, was on a different level in terms of leadership leadership yeah revolutionary leader Yeah I think uh, even Fleming was great but then he was nowhere near when you compare him to McCullum no. and what what he brought to this New Zealand side I think the the quality they have now is all uh, uh, about the uh, all because of the mentality he brought in while he was there sure. now I think they would love to, they would need to have a character like that who can uh, give them that sort of a mindset mm-hmm. and uh, I feel uh, sorry to say that uh, Kane is not uh, that kind of a character. Uh, maybe not that kind of a character. I do think he's a a really good leader if it's not just for his performance. Um someone whose performance is really catching the eye. I love him is Devon Conway. Another ton for him. Devon Devon uh, Conway, beautiful batsman. Honestly, a I, lovely player. One of I think one of the best in the world. I I really do. Um such a shame about that. T20 final let's not get into that. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a pity that we didn't see him earlier. Yeah, oh absolutely. Um let's just quickly finish. I'm sure the Bangladesh series will come up uh, in the next uh episode. Um let's just finish with on the India South Africa talk. Third and final test match I believe will be coming up. Uh Kohli should be fit to come back in. My question to you is who does he come in for? Is it simply Fahari, thank you. Thank you for your 40 not out. Uh but King Kohli is back or do they do that huge step of dropping Pajara or Rahane? Well, uh, the team management may make it look as if uh, Vihari would be the automatic automatic selection for the one who faces the axe, but uh, I feel that uh, it uh, should be one of uh, Rahane or Pujara. and i still feel that uh, rahane still uh, contributes more to the side than uh, pujara does who i think needs a bit of time off from the game so 
I'll have uh, Kohli come in for uh, for Pujara, and then I'll have uh, Vihari at three, Kohli four, Rahane five, and then uh, maybe give mm-hmm. Rahane at least one more chance. Because, like it or not, since uh, December 2019, Mitchell Stark has averaged better than Kohli. So it's not that Kohli yes, is I've the the quintessential King Kohli anymore, and. Uh, with all the stick he receives uh, virtually every game he plays rahane hasn't been that bad like his numbers are a lot better than what uh, kohli has been doing so it uh, would be harsh for everyone to keep uh, criticizing him for basically not being someone as flashy or as successful as kohli but i think if we... it's me i want rahane in the team because he looks beautiful if it's a toss up between him and pajara Please axe Pujara. I beg. I beg Indian selectors because I want to watch Rahane. I want to watch his late cuts, his flicks over the key. I love him. I love him. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I understand he's frustrating, but I love mm-hmm. him. I'll uh, tell you one fact that uh, there was a debate that uh, Pujara is the next Dravid and all how solid he is and how good he has been. I feel that uh, Dravid was a solid player, but then he had all the shots in his book. Mm. He could play all the three formats and do well in it whereas rahan uh, not rahan is uh, i beg your pardon uh, pujara i feel is more of a dead bat kind of a player so he can only succeed in the longer format but then struggles when it comes to the shorter one and yeah. uh, the technique he has for someone to be called the solid batter he got bold quite uh, quite often for someone who who preferred calling himself like a test match specialist or who was the so called wall of the indian team so i think there is some uh, uh something wrong with the the sort of approach he he takes because at times he's like uh, uh 15 not out of 100 balls and then he gets out which uh, puts unnecessary pressure on the side and uh, mind you he has been successful using that technique and he has won uh, games for india but then i think he needs to take some time off and maybe play some county cricket or something mm-hmm. i think county cricket needs uh, their steve pujara back oh my goodness yeah um do you think with siraj also looking likely uh to be out due to injury um who comes in for you is it an extra batter are you happy with ashwin at 7 i guess with ashwin 7 to core 8 that that's pretty solid so i would imagine it's either ishant or umesh to come in for siraj who would you have uh, out of the two i think i think it will be it will be ishant i don't see umesh playing too many games outside india right yeah and uh, uh, had i been uh, the captain i would have preferred like a four bowler strategy but apparently kohli does seem to prefer having an extra bowler uh, mm-hmm. bowler at his disposal so he would then uh, probably play him and then uh, one of the three which we mentioned earlier have to miss out because if kohli comes in for siraj then uh, all the problem they seem to sort themselves out everyone gets another chance everyone's happy so vihari down at 6 vihari down at 6 yeah I could Vahari uh, can turn his arms well. 
think yeah, well well look uh, so can kohli but then uh, that's not well, something we we would want to watch no. no but something i do want to watch is that third test i'm very excited for it i think the yeah. the series the th- is really well poised third test at newlands it's going to be a cracker yeah i i i'm a bit worried for south africa to be honest that and that somewhat fragile batting lineup i think you i'd like to see markram get some runs he's a, a favorite of mine um but you look down it and like i say varane six jansen seven uh that that's tad concerning for me um let's move on to something arguably a lot more concerning for me and that is of course the ashes um since we last spoke we had a glorious two and a bit days at the mcg which ultimately lost the ashes for us us getting totally blown away by as you mentioned before scotty boland on his test day taking i don't know 28 wickets for two runs uh bowling up and down um I don't know how what else there is to say that hasn't been said in the media already, but we, at least in that test, we'll get to where we are right now. We were god awful, uh, and how I phrase this is that I was watched that last uh, hour, and I remember because it's it's late over here, as you can imagine, and I remember saying to myself, "I'll watch till till lunch over there," which is I don't know one two here. And before the games play, Glenn McGrath, who always likes to be a bit provocative, you know, came out and said, if we get to, if we close down the deficit of the 50 runs we needed with the six wickets remaining, um, then we could do with another 100. But that's if we get past that 50 runs. And I thought, I know we're crap, but come on, Glenn. Like, you know, Root, <laughs> Stokes, Butler, Bairstow, um, and in a normal situation, whatever that really is, what, you could expect 120, 150, 180 runs from that six test wickets of that calibre as well, Root, Stokes, so on, so on. And so I thought, come on, Glenn. Like, like leave it out a little bit. But as I watched what before, like that hour of cricket, and what did we lose? We actually lost with like 17 runs or so to spare to get to that 50 run mark. It was utterly horrendous as an as an England fan and really looking where do we go from there uh and now so everyone knows we are recording this the day after and I hate to be smug but my call on this show in the first episode was I wanted big boy selections I wanted Bairstow in over Pope and now look uh, we're recording this the day after Bairstow's heroic hundred uh he's not out overnight who knows what it could all go wrong in the next few hours and that that fair enough but this is the first time in the whole on the whole tour i have a bit of happiness the fact we were what 4 for 36 4 for 36 and, yeah and, and his partnership with stokes both injured both battling it out we've waited for this all tour and for him to to get 100 at the end to top it off that i enjoyed that any any hope for us ash can you see from today's play well, uh, since uh, the Ashes started, I think uh, up until that partnership uh, began, I didn't see any moment where uh, the English English uh, side uh, showed any spine or any determination to stay in the game, 
the batters mm. didn't uh, show enough application they didn't uh, show that hunger to wear it out uh, get some quality balls uh, miss a few edges get uh, hit on their ribs on their heads on their shoulders and then just to decide to stay in grit out some runs and then uh, maybe maybe score a few in, in the process the bowlers yeah. they they got hit for a four and then they were suddenly too tired they didn't have any fire in the belly they didn't uh, want to do or want to achieve anything uh, significantly great mm. or uh, uh, it was quite disappointing to see like how how toothless they looked and how easy easy they made for an australian side which uh, mind you is not uh, as good as england uh, made them look like yes although they they may I'm be well they, although they may be high on confidence after that uh, t20 world cup win although that's a totally different format but uh, a number of these players were involved in that as well mm-hmm. so despite that uh, i think uh, india gave them a wonderful reality check as to they how easily easy it is to beat them uh, in their own backyard or how easy mm. they made it look yeah but i think it was like you're saying it grit and determination those wins that india uh got over there it was based off of you know the fight back from pant um to be fair pujara's uh getting smashed around vahari and ashwin i remember that that partnership the partnership um, where they drew the game yeah yeah exactly Th- that for me was where india won it wasn't quite obviously skill and class but it wasn't flowing shots and so on that we like with our look at Zach Crawley someone who i would love to succeed uh played with him in his early early days here in kent uh it you know there's there's only so many times you can see a, a beautiful cover drive or straight drive and then think this is the man and then he gets bowled for 15 uh hasib hamid I, there must be a player in there but he's looking shot right now Uh, I said in a, a tweet a few days back, and it, obviously we've spoken a lot about this man already, so I won't go back over it. But if you gave me one man in Test cricket in the in the world of cricket for this England side, it actually wouldn't be your Steve Smiths, your Marnesses. Obviously, top quality best batsman. I understand that, but we've got Root, we've got Stokes. Is those middle order players? Obviously, not the same quality, but hey ho, Dean Elgar. I think that is who England are crying out for. someone at the top of the order to give our our middle order some sort of platform because at the moment it is is getting beyond a joke that you know i think uh, michael vaughan who i hate anyway but he he said something right let's just stop wasting time let's make it 14 20 for 2 and let's just start the innings with root and milan out there just you know let's stop wasting our time we know that's what it's going to be and it is every single time um it's just pulling your hair out as a as uh, an think, england fan i i find it rather funny how the downfall of uh, english uh, middle order has coincided with the south africa's inability to produce uh, quality batters well well i was thinking during this as, as e- e- even even uh, in uh, your example you couldn't name a single english batsman who could actually do that job you had to not name elga there well absolutely so that that, that, that speaks one. volumes in itself like and uh, since uh, that third test there have been uh, cries about uh, the death of english county cricket and how bad it is and uh, how what uh, would be the state of that uh, 
uh, that format in the country where uh, uh, the best player in that uh, uh, that setup is a 46 year old who does it mm. year in year out so they make it sound as if uh, Darren Stevens uh, uh, running the clock uh, in reverse is actually a bad thing like if somebody can do it at 46 then uh, what are your 24 25 year old doing there in the county setup uh, it yeah. uh, needs needs to be needs to be assessed and need to needs to be critically evaluated because i think even now instead of uh, criticizing him if they or had they considered uh, kent players to be in the squad had they considered more kent players to be of england quality and not uh, gone for some flashy names with those uh, beautiful looking cover drives and uh, an average of 10 to their names then uh, england could have had uh, a lot of their problems uh, answered or resolved like now well, as I, as i as i mentioned in the previous episode sam billings could be one name uh, who they could they could go to and guess what well as as you have said uh well you called for it it is now yeah, happening because he is in the squad uh thanks in part to the injuries to Bestow and Butler um but he is now in the squad and uh, you know what give him a go give Bilbo a go well, he can't do any worse that's for sure he can't although i know he's injured but i i, I think you give Bestow the gloves just give it to him settle him in the side give him a role and that anyway i i think he's shown enough even in just this one innings the heart and determination um like you say that we've got i actually thought hamid and burns do have that kind of mentality of a grittiness and so on i think they showed that against india uh in the summer but i just don't think they have the quality at this level um so england are in a bit of a mess a bit of a crisis um i have called for this is this is my just total ridiculousness. I wouldn't mind seeing Pope up near the top of the order. I think it's going to come. Um where I think he's looked horrendous against spin. Well, not horrendous, but really like a cat on a hot tin roof and but he looks somewhat comfortable but busy. I'd like to see some intent at the top of the order where I think Pope could could do well there. I don't know if that won't happen now, I know, but maybe something for the future. Um because if we can't produce any openers at all, uh we could be uh struggling well every time i see hamid and uh, uh rory burns bat there's this song that uh, plays in my head from uh, uh daddy yankee if you have heard that song shaky 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 <laughs> like they just they just uh, never sort of look in look that they are in like when uh, hamid first came in when he was that uh, tiny skinny bloke I think uh, in that uh, test he played in India he looked uh, he looked solid. Yeah. But I don't see that uh, player in him anymore. I think he looks uh, far too shaky to be playing test cricket. It'll be Daddy an absolute Yankee long shaky. L- long shout but uh, I would say why not uh, give Jason Roy another go at the top of the order just uh, oh, give him a li- give give him a license to kill. Uh, although, yeah. I, although I know that is not going to happen because of his uh, hamstring issues, but then uh, why not? 
well, there's many reasons why not. I don't know if he'll be listening to this, but uh, but our friend Jesse Mills just today said again for the umpteenth time he'd like to see Roy given another go at the top of the order. I one I don't I I do like Roy, especially in the white ball stuff. I do, but his technique upsets me even in the white ball stuff. I it's so apparent that he does not have the technique for not just opening the batting, but any position in Test match cricket for me, let alone opening the batting. It was completely proven against Australia. Um, I don't... The clamours for him to come back, it will only worsen his game. Leave him where he is. White ball specialist. Leave him. Well, I'll uh, give you a couple of examples. Like, Virinda Sevag, he started his, his uh, Test career at number six, scored 100 in South Africa. And if you watch the highlights of that innings, it was possibly one of the... Uh, the finest innings I've ever seen. He right. played a lot of quality strokes down the ground. And uh, second example would be the the Sri Lankan maestro and the inventor of uh, what was called Dil Scoop, although it was uh, mm. started by the New Z- the Zimbabwe guy Doug Marelia, who played it against Zahir Khan and won a game, a game against India. So Dilshan, when he was promoted up the order, he just used to counter attack. Sehwag still had a bit of uh, technique in him, but Dilshan was all all muscles in Test cricket and he was uh, mighty successful. So Roy, although he does not have the technique, what I like a lot about him is like how upright and stay straight his bat is when he when he plays the ball and how he presents uh, the face of the bat. It's extremely upright and straight. So uh, I don't know, maybe he could be a choice because. Uh, England doesn't have uh, another opener like him who can actually be considered for red ball as well. I, I think it's very difficult to compare the, the greats like Verenda Sevag and Dilshan to a certain degree with Jason Roy. Uh, I, I just don't see the, the quality there for Test Match Cricket, to be honest. He hasn't done it at all at, at Surrey, well, well, uh, well, especially not opening the batting. The the difference is that they got uh, an extended run at the top of the order, and Roy hasn't. Maybe, maybe it uh, like it uh, won't work out at all. Like uh, Martin Guptill is nowhere near that New Zealand side, so we can't say that these uh, no. flashy players can always be successful. But that could be a shout. Yeah. Another well, man. Another man. Another man. I would like to see in the squad uh, would be James Wins. Because no matter how oh, much people make, how, no matter how much people may criticize him, I would say he happens to be the finest uh, that is available. And uh, if everyone's going to get a duck anyway, then uh, it may as well be him. I, then you're going to laugh at us for being again bowled out for 200 because our batsmen are getting to 24 and then nicking off playing a cover drive to a ball that isn't there. Uh, it, James Vince is not the man. He's he's been tried. He's not the man. Well, then uh, who is like? Uh, I think he can be. Well, statistically, it's the ones that are there. That's the scary thing. If you're looking around at, at county cricket, Pope, uh, well, to a degree, Crawley, Hamid, they are the best players supposedly for the job. I think that is what is worrying us the most: is that there isn't people well, banging down at the door. Well, the problem is that uh, uh, the performers in country cricket are not uh, duly rewarded. Like Bairstow, I don't remember seeing him play any red ball at all. Even Butler, I don't see him play that at all. Well, that's a the schedule issue, of, isn't it? That, 
but still like uh, they should at least play somewhere when uh, the time comes they're all kind of uh, relaxing and in in a uh, in a country somewhere playing uh, franchise cricket earning earning big amounts of money but when it comes to red ball cricket uh, they have uh, i think they have lost the the touch of it i think it will require total rebranding and rebuilding of this team if that is to happen in some way yeah. some uh, harsh calls will have to be taken and i think uh, no matter how many wickets he may take now i do not see how we can take uh, stuart broad and how long we'll be able to carry him for long although he took a five for in this this uh, game i don't see a very bright future for him perhaps the discussion of broad anderson uh, and the future of our bowling because that's another topic altogether should be saved for the next episode when inevitably after today australia go on to score 500 innings and then that's the next crisis uh, so perhaps we'll park that one um i did want to mention briefly when you were saying about looking at jason roy and so on and i would love i loved when we tried out alex hales again that did not work cuz i think every nation is looking for that punchy opener who can counter attack back but if you're thinking back obviously the messiah hados um hados matthew hayden he he's the archetype but david warner to be fair to him averaging 48 plus he is a great um and every country not each every country actually has a player like that at the top of the order and i think i think the closest we may have and something i i've now just said given the gloves and given a steady position i i think the closest we've got i'm not saying we should do this is a johnny bairstow opens uh obviously for england in the 50 over stuff i think he's got a better technique than roy to deal with the the new ball uh and he would somewhat counter attack i don't see anyone else who could fill that position for me but then if he does that who's going to bat at 5 or 6 stokes then i guess you bring if if pope is still there i think pope has to be in this team somehow he has to be fit, fitted in because he is our best young batting talent uh, the stats prove that there is no one I, else close I, to him even i i i i agree to that and uh, i think england uh, missed a trick by getting that to keep a guy james bracy is it James Bracey the one, I, so I'd, Bracey the one who played last year yeah yeah for me it goes you're saying 567 it goes Stokes or I don't I wouldn't even mind Pope 5 Stokes 6 but whichever way round Pope Stokes folks there you go for me that that's how uh, England's uh, middle to lower order should yep, should be looking yep um but Pope, we Stokes, were obviously folks and wokes how does that sound Well, I love Stokes, it. Folks and Wokes, yep. I think I've said it before. I I'm all for that. Um but as I've said before, it is the middle of the test match. Anything could happen after this and before people even get to listen to this, England most probably have uh, crashed and burned somehow. Crashed and burned um, definitely. So, before I get even more distressed, let's get on to actually just before we get to the questions, you sent me a very interesting uh article this week about new rules coming into T20 internationals uh just wanted to quickly go over this and see what you what your thoughts were um firstly a fielding side must be in position to bowl the first ball of the final over of the innings 
by the scheduled or rescheduled time. We kind of saw something like this in the 100, I believe. Um, and if they're not in such a position, one fewer fielder will be permitted outside the 30-yard circle. Uh, kind of like a almost this um, surge business that they do, in a sense, uh, in the BBL. What do you in think BBL, about this yeah. rule coming in? I think that uh, could be quite exciting because there are certain sides who simply take ages to finish their twin their set of 20 overs i think some sites even take about uh two hours so it's it's a welcome move and uh as bcci is quite uh, not sorry bcci icc yeah, yeah. i kind of get confused uh, they I, kind I of it, like they kind of like the i can tell you which one's more yeah. powerful yeah so and the it's icc not the icc absolutely so the icc happens to be made up of a bunch of people who are quite reluctant to make any any evolution or any significant change to the game. So this, I feel, is quite a welcome move to ensure that teams uh, don't waste a lot of time. I do not expect uh, a lot of uh, teams losing out on a lot of, uh, a lot of deliveries where they'll have to feel with one uh, fielder less in the outfield. But... Uh, I think even if it's for like about five, six balls or maybe one over, two over, it could actually bring something new to the table and uh, that that could maybe, be exciting. I, I don't mind that, like the bit of excitement coming in. I Maybe I'm completely in the minority here and I hear this, uh, this narrative of T20 cricket going on way too long with pundits and so on and, and you kind of briefly mentioned it there. I've never actually come across someone in regular folk to go... Gosh, T20 is way too long for me. Um, but anyway, that's just that's just me. I wanted to quickly, quickly say the last one that uh, they have announced, and this these rules will be coming in in the West Indies Ireland game on the sixteenth of January. If anyone interested, yeah. Um, yeah. But there will be an optional drinks break of two minutes and thirty seconds at a midpoint of each innings. Why this annoys me so much is the first rule is all about trying to speed up the game. However, they're bringing this one in, and I can only imagine it's the same as uh, you saw in the recent T20 World Cup and obviously pioneered in the IPL with whichever Seat tyres bloody... Strategic timeout, yeah. Yeah, this is, is this purely just a sponsor uh, boost here? That, that use this break, sponsor, I don't know, mangoes and, and well, mango drinks well, uh, or whatever. Let, let, me, let, let, me, let me clarify that uh, for you. I think this sponsor snatched the pen and wrote that uh, last law in there. Yeah, because it so doesn't. There's, it, there's no other way to contradicting themselves that. with the exactly. first rule and then this one. It it, it really it irked me. Um, anyway, let's get on to the questions. Uh, once again, I wanted to say thank you to everyone who uh, gave us your questions. We can't answer them all, but please do keep sending them in uh, via Instagram. Uh, Ash is posting a lot. It's great. Go and check it out. Also on Twitter. Um, you can find each of them just at Ishan, uh, Ishan Shastri podcast. Uh, go find us there, especially um, on Instagram, because this is where we ask people to send us in uh, questions. So uh, please go have a look. Um, the first question is from Abby underscore Sharma 300. And they asked, did Ishan ever sledge anyone on the field? Was he a sledger, Ash? Well, uh, first of all, I'll uh, give you a background on uh, Abhi. Abhi uh, Abhishek, he's uh, one of Ishan's uh, childhood friends. Like uh, 
Deepak who uh, sent in his question last time. I see. So they used to form a group and they used to be together. So he's uh, oh, one of nice. his uh, ch- childhood mates. Uh, so coming to Ish, I think he was uh, not as cocky a person as I am and I have been. Shock. So he, he was not really a sledger as per se, but uh, till he did have his uh, fair share of moments where he did lose it, lose his cool and uh, ended up uh, being at the, at the wrong side of it. I'll give you a few instances. There was one where uh, he was the captain. His team was bowling shit. And then uh, he, like like me, he used to wear that uh, floppy hat. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the last ball of the over, somebody, he bowled a half tracker, which was smacked by the batter of a four. And then uh, Ish, uh, in all anger, he just uh, threw his hat on the ground. And then as the over was done, he walked to the other side of the pitch while abusing. And uh, at that point, he realized that he, in his anger, he left his hat back where he was and uh, he had to simply pretend as if nothing happened and uh, walk back and get his head back and then move to the position he was at. I confronted him on a number of occasions regarding the same thing and his uh, version of that was that it never happened. But then uh, I think uh, he was never willing to accept his side of the story. Sure. Uh, Another instance was when uh, we had that game where we both scored hundreds. So in that oh, yes, one, let's like mention I, that one again. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we, whenever we played against each other, like uh, the first one being when he was nine years old and uh, ever since we have played quite a few games together. So like we have been uh, rather competitive about how we go about it and uh, we have been at each other's throat no matter what we do. So... Despite scoring all the runs, he was uh, unable to tackle my my left arm arm balls and because I <laughs> bowled slow left arm in that game. Right. So in a 30-hour game uh, where our team got two, 250 plus and they lost by about 30 runs, I went for uh, seven in my six overs. So it wasn't that bad, to be honest. Yes, blimey. But, but I was uh, on his nerves throughout and... Uh, I think he was in uh, 98. He drove one through covers. And uh, while coming back for his second, he placed his bat slightly short of the crease. I swear to God, I saw his bat and it was short. And he thought that I was just uh, taking a poke at him or to stop him getting his 100. Yeah. So uh, I think he was all riled up and... Uh, I am shocked as to how he did not uh, hit me with his bat. <laughs> he almost no, I... uh, brought it to my face, but then I don't know how and why he stopped. I think it must have been it must have been very hard for him to do that, and uh, he would have had That's a lot of inner peace m- m- more than uh, the hundred, of course. But that would have been a fun moment. Then uh, I think uh, the game he played uh, against uh, Ramsgate. It was one game where. They were bowling rather well, and uh, one of the guy he was just uh, putting it there on the spot, and uh, no matter. And we were batting together, me and Ish, and uh, we both agreed that that guy didn't give us any room at all to 
maybe nudge it for a single, forget about hitting fours and sixes. So he was constantly getting some chirp uh, by the the big wicketkeeper guy they have. I don't know. I don't remember his name. Right. But I think uh, it, it is Ross or something. Ross, Barney or something like it. It has a very, very like a stereotypical big bearded guy name if i actually okay. call it that <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not sure yeah. it was yeah was i there so yeah uh, no no i think it was just us two batting you 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 got out uh, typical yeah, but, you, uh, you, you, but you, was you, i playing did play yeah you you playing yeah okay Lovely. yeah so so uh what uh, uh what happened was like uh, as you know me, like to me, you can keep sledging the whole day and you're not going to get any response mm. out of me on that. Like I'll just yes. uh, behave as if nothing has happened. An emotional brick wall. Emotional brick wall, absolute brick wall. Nothing happens. With him, like yeah. at times he he let them get into his ears and uh, make a big fuss about it. So he kept on coming to me like... Uh, uh, that guy is talking too much to me, and I'm uh, I'm gonna show it to him what it is and uh, stuff like that. In his cute, innocent, sweet little voice. So I'm like, if he does it again, then uh, you please take your shots, take your pot shots, just mm. give it back to him. So uh, then uh, came the moment where uh, he just uh, lost his cool, and he was like. Now this is too much. I think I'm going to give it to him. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah please go ahead. Please, please do it. Please do it. Go ahead. Mm. So then uh, I think next ball, he played a lucky shot or like it was a top edge, which cleared a fielder and went for four. So, of course, uh, by habit, that guy sledged him again. And uh, Ish gave something unmentionable back to him. I think he gave uh, him some chirp, which uh, went a little too far. All right. So that guy got uh, offended and he kept on asking, yeah, what did you say? What did you say? And he kept coming back at Ish. And uh, for a couple of sec- a couple of milliseconds, Ish uh, stood his ground. <laughs> and uh, then he suddenly turns uh, towards me. And uh, I was at the other end. Uh, and uh, I immediately looked the other way. I... Started doing all the stretches, the, the bat swirls and everything, shadow practicing. I did everything I could, but uh, I did not look back at him. Well, and then, lovely uh, support you are. And I think uh, you got to beep this word in here. But uh, what he said was that uh, I am uh, yet to meet a person with the... The shithousery level of yours. Like, you are the biggest fucking asshole I've ever met. <laughs> I and, I like, and, I, and, and I was like... And I was like... Emojis, kisses, XOXO, yeah. Well, I, I just can't imagine Ish saying anything horrible. He's such a lovely, lovely guy. Uh, you, I can yeah. imagine it. Uh, not so much from him. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think, hope that answers I think, your question. I think the, the problem with me is that uh, I just uh, love it when people come at me. Because I, I, can, I can either reply to them with the, with the way I play or sometimes I just give them back. 
did i mention the 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 varsity case with you did i mention that uh, that particular sledge oh, oh of course you did but uh relay to the to the listeners okay so uh, uh i think uh, those of you who do not know varsity in uh, the united kingdom is uh, a popular sports fest where uh, two major universities the two biggest universities of a city they come together and uh, compete with each other in uh, a variety of sports and uh, it is a matter of prestige and pride so in uh, university of kent where uh, we both uh, wasted some significant amount of time yes most of at my that uh, yep uh, at uh, in uh, canterbury we have uh, uh university of kent and uh, canterbury christchurch university as the two leading universities and uh, we compete every year in uh, in the varsity competition so as it as it may be like uh, our university is way way better than uh, christchurch hands down in uh, almost all the sports in cricket however they happen to have a few players so the varsity games tend to become little competitive mm. so the the last varsity game i played uh, i think 20 was it 2019 potentially yep. yeah. potentially yeah i think because we didn't have any anything in 2020 so i think in uh, 2019 the game uh, we had i we were chasing about 120 and uh, we had a pretty good start scoring uh, 20 in the first two but then we lost track a little and then we were like 40 for 3 uh in the ninth over when i walked in and then uh, i think i was taking my guard or i was just about to play my first ball so uh-huh. one of the guy from the corner i think from gully of point he said that oh i think uh, we should be a little scared the university of kent people have uh, unleashed their ape on us Well, there there are so many levels of wrong to that though. Well, um, uh for other people, some people may have been uh, kind of uh, disturbed, hurt, emotionally attacked or whatever. But then I was like, okay, 40 for 3, 80 to win. Uh, batting with Scammel who has a sensible head, so just like if we just stay in, we do have a pretty good chance. So I think to some left arm guy bowling around those stumps so i just uh, what a loose now sir of drove it to deep extra took a very safe single for one and then just carried on uh despite us being in a better position like about half an hour later that uh, guy kept on saying uh, he made a couple of monkey monkey sounds and asked uh, uh, the thing that uh, very from ape and which jungle you from and stuff like that So uh I think there was one over where I did hit uh, four boundaries in that in that particular game. So while uh, doing that uh, I just asked him once as to hey mate where are my bananas? And I think I never heard a word from him since uh, that moment. He refused to shake hands after the game and I I just uh, simply cannot be bothered at all like I just don't uh, give a toss about it. 
So these kind wow. of things they happen. Like you just gotta get on with things. As simple as that. Inexcusable though, that, that you've had to that you had to go through through that enough pressure on that game as it is. And I remember that innings. I remember watching that, and uh, I remember calling out, "Should be in the ones. Should be in the ones." Every single time you uh, you hit, plundered a ball to the boundary. Um, uh, and it was an incredible well, innings to well, take well, us over well, the line. Well, I'll uh, answer that with a very simple phrase as to whose loss was that? Well, we know. Uh, I, I sadly, yeah, absolutely. I, I felt the effect of you not being in in our first team. Like, uh, I, I did not enjoy the experience. I think the most... Uh, I think that uh, year, the ones... Uh, I think they had their biggest defeat, if I'm not wrong. But that's okay. I, think I wouldn't it, be surprised. Uh, it, it's a, it's a, a loss. So like, uh, even though I wasn't there, I still feel bad about it. So yeah, yes. let's move on. Um. Yeah, let's, let's quickly finish off uh, with the last question here. Um, by our very favourite, uh, lovely supporter to the show, Mr. William O'Donnell. Um, he sent in two, but we've kind of mixed it. Uh, so he sent in firstly our favourite cricketing memory, playing or spectating. But we're going to go with the spectating side, we've decided. Uh, and also the coolest cricketer out there. Uh, so we'll, we'll try, and, try and do this somewhat quickly. Um, Ash. Give me your favourite cricketing memory, uh, spectating. And I'm going to say you have to have been at the ground. Well, uh, my favourite cricketing memory has to be, I think, uh, the first one I had uh, back in 2005 was going to be, I think it is something quite difficult to beat. I think that was uh, MS Dhoni scoring his 183 at Jaipur. Mm. Oh, I witnessed that, witnessed that. That uh, 2015 test series between England and New Zealand where uh, England won the Lord's Test at day five. Where nice, Stokes yeah. and uh, Wood got uh, wickets. That uh, has to be up there. Then um, in terms of uh, other big uh, cricketing memories, I think uh, watching uh, Mitchell Johnson bowl at the county ground. Uh, Damn you, that was mine. How dare you? I was just that just came to me, um, and 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 bowling Ben Harmison out, and the blue the bale yeah. flew from the stumps and it uh, landed right at my feet. I was sitting uh, right next to the the shop at the Kent County Cricket Ground and it uh, landed at my feet literally. I, for, so yeah, I'll just jump on. For me, it was seeing Mitchell Johnson live. Uh, Admittedly, obviously, uh, it was him at his real peak, at, and just he demolished Bell Drummond uh, first ball, I believe, and it was it was somewhat unbelievable the speed of that ball. Like obviously, every or most professional fast bowling cricketers, international players are quick. That's a given. But the difference between a, a Peter Siddle that day and Mitch Johnson, and by the way, a bowler who I adored and suffered too much too much from injury, Ryan Harris. Um, but Ryan Mitch Johnson Harris. was just he uh, should have played more, light yeah. years. Um, but my favourite memory was actually the way that hero Rob Key, in his uh, somewhat old age at that point, just stood up to him when others others did not. Um, 
Uh, I'm sure he didn't enjoy the experience, but I think he got 80-odd. Uh, he got 80-odd, I love that. Yeah. I also saw uh, Steve Smith, uh, I think, hit 100, and that he, was he, he got, he, quite he, enjoyable. He got 100, yeah. And interestingly enough, at the end of the day's play, uh, if anyone, uh, I think there's probably a very small amount of you listening, have been to the Kent County ground, um, there's like a, a Sainsbury's, a supermarket attached to the back of it, and people kind of filter out through that way at the end of the day's play. And we were just coming out of the Sainsbury's uh, after the, the after the day, and we're walking down this kind of very, you know, small pavement that leads back into the centre of Canterbury, and running past us, nobody around them, in their full tracksuit, uh, and apologising because the, the, the pavement was narrow and they had to kind of go uh, like around us on the road, uh, was Brad Haddon and Steve Smith, which was just a, an interesting one, just Haddon and Smith just sprinting past us, going on a, a run back in, uh, to their hotel. Um, so that was probably my favourite moment. And I'll just quickly put my coolest cricketer. There's only one for me, Viv Richards, the coolest cricketer of all time. Um, you give me, give me yours, Ash. I think uh, for any human being, it'll be quite hard to match the swagger level of survey Richards. Yeah, no, there's, there's we, none we, for I me. Th- I think, I think we can uh, start uh, listing them from number two onwards. Yeah, and uh, I think let's just uh, agree that uh, the the swagger he had and the the amount of uh, the the level of impact he made to the world of cricket was simply immense. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so if we start uh, from uh, the list on number two, and if we look at the honourable mentions, sure. I think in ter- in terms of uh, coolest cricketers, we'll uh, have to put Shane Warne in there. <laughs> I'll, uh, I, I'll 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 put mm. uh, Brendan McCullum. McCullum's for, cool, for, yeah. Yeah. And uh, surely I think, number yeah. two, the universe boss, Chris Gale. The universe boss, CG Mon. Yeah. Well, that man Dwayne is Bravo. an absolute, absolute phenomena. I think if you're going to go that way, we are going to name all the West Indian cricketers. So let's I was going to say uh, Caribbean players, yeah. I think they have the flair, but I think uh, for them to be cool in. Uh, in every sense, I think we'll have to consider their performances as well. So okay. let's not just st- stick to their swagger. Let's just stick. Let's just add their performances as well. Okay, so Chris uh, Gale think, uh, counts. Chris Gale, and uh, if even if we are to like discard all the performances, I think even uh, Shahid Afridi was kind of oh yeah, kinda that's a, a nice one. A, a, a cool player. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. And my favorite yeah. bat I've ever had was my first. Boom, boom. Shy to free, boom, boom. 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 Yeah. yeah, love it. Yeah. Way too heavy for me when I was about 12. But yeah. um, and and, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you a funny shout. Like, that man, I prefer him for his uh, stint uh, in the com box. And I think he j- recently announced his retirement. Any guesses? Bumble David Lloyd in the com box. I think I just Hero. Loved, uh, loved him while he was there. Flintoff was cool. Freddie was okay. I think I would, uh, if I am to uh, KP. Uh, make a, make a choice, I would have. I would say, Stokesy over Flintoff. I prefer Stokesy more. Uh, as in cool. No, I'm cool, not yeah. saying player. I'm saying cool. Cool, cool, cool. cool okay, cool, interesting, yeah. interesting. I think Freddie was like 
this kind of superstar personality as well, which he's gone on to be like a big TV star here, so kind of proven. KP was cool. KP you know, was cool, yeah. His, his swagger at, at the crease, KP. I think KP must be up there. It's one of the coolest. I say English cricketers, but you know what I mean. Um, well, uh, sad to break it out to you, but he's not uh, English as per se. England cricketer. Kevin England Peterson. cricketer Kevin Peterson. And if we are going alphabets, I think if we have KP, then we need to have AB in there as well. Yeah, AB. I, I was actually thinking, a bit of an outside shout, Dale Stain. I, I think Stain's pretty cool. Surfer, skateboarder, bowls absolute wheels and terrifying. Him in his heyday. I think I think like Dale Stain was a cool cricketer. I think I will put him in a different way. Like instead of being uh, amongst the coolest, I think he was uh, well, one of the hottest. Like in terms of the the fieriness he had in him and the the fire yeah, which true. he with which he bowled at. So I think I'll put him in a different bracket. Perhaps uh, that's a topic for another week. Bit. Most fiery we, we can, Yeah, I think we can also have uh, something on. Uh, maybe cricketers looks but i think that's not the sort of thing we should be discussing here so perhaps, let's perhaps, uh, perhaps not maybe in private just, maybe uh, afterwards ash uh, no i think like you do it to yourself anyway so i think I'll, I'll leave you to it oh thank you all right so like top five viv is is number uno he is the uh, coolest cricketer of all time i'm saying chris gale second are you happy with that chris chris gale second definitely third for <sighs> I I think A B could be A B A B A B has to be third, yeah. A B third. Yeah. I'm I I think Shane Warne's controversial one. I'm not sure yeah. if it, just if you're like all round aura, then yes, Shane Warne. Cool he's a bit of a melonhead at times, so um I don't know. Well so is KP to be fair, but I yeah. I, I think KP if you're talking about swagger if it's just swagger, then yeah, I'd have KP and Shane in my top five, I think. And uh, not Shai the Freedy? Oh, Shai the Freedy. Yeah. You know what? I, I would take out, for uh, for cool, probably KP has Shai and Shane for me. KP, Shai, Shane. I think that uh, that could be a good list. Yeah. I think if we are to look at something, some particular moment that looked cool, I think uh, I would say it'll be hard to beat uh, Ricky Ponting pull shot. Oh yeah, if if I could have a shot to add to my armory, I think the Ricky Ponting pull shot. The Ricky Ponting uh, swivel and pull from the yeah. front foot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm sure favorite shots will come up at some point. Um, think that has brought us to the end of this episode. Thank you very much, Ash, for joining me. Uh, as always, really enjoyed uh, talking with you and and reminiscing about Ish and and obviously talking about England's woes. Uh, but also, thank you very much to all those out there listening. Hope you've enjoyed this one like you did the first. Uh, please, like I say, go follow us on the various social media accounts just at uh, the Ishan Shastri Podcast or Ishan Shastri Podcast and see you know, updates on when our next podcast is out or when we ask for people's questions and stories. Uh, but Ash, thank you very much for joining me and speak to you later. Yeah, the pleasure is all mine, mate, and I hope to see you soon. Oh, love to see you soon. Au revoir. Leave you with this. Omicron needed now. Void the series.